You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined today by a very special repeat guest, Allie Mathis from the Lister LMS team. How's it going, Allie? Hey, Chris. Good. How are you? Glad to be here again. I'm doing great. It's good to be back with you. What can we What can we talk about today? Well, uh, here at Lifter LMS, we're celebrating Teacher Appreciation Week, May 6th through May 10th. So if you're listening to it... Um, listening to this podcast during that time, it is Teacher Appreciation Week. So I thought, you know, you and I could have a conversation just in general about, um, about teachers and uh, how important they are and sort of your thoughts and, and feelings about them um, in the spirit of Teacher Appreciation Week, if that's okay with you. Sounds fantastic. Okay. So I'm going to start with the big question here. Um, I consider you a teacher, um, and I was just wondering if you consider yourself a teacher. I do. I consider myself a reluctant teacher in that I'm, I, didn't, I never set out to be a teacher. I never set out to become an entrepreneur. I never set out to become an expert. I never set out to become somebody who builds community or email lists um, and all these types of things. But I realized I woke up one day and just kind of realized, you know what, I, I am a teacher too. And for me, that kind of emerged in before the online business world, it emerged in the um, in the outdoor leadership world and the world of guiding, that's where I learned mm-hmm. how to teach or where I started learning how to teach. Tell me a little bit more about your experiences in doing that. I, I, I think I know what they are, but I don't know if our audience knows what they are and they're pretty mm-hmm. interesting. So. <laughs> um, so in college, I went to college, I studied sociology, philosophy, and got a major in anthropology. I also had a minor in philosophy and sustainable development. and. During that period, I didn't want to just take a required PE course, so I enrolled in something called the National Outdoor Leadership School. Um, I got myself on a plane and flew to the middle of nowhere in Canada and went on an outdoor leadership program for a month in the woods where there's no trails or anything like that with an organization called Knowles. Through that, I fell in love, and, and before that, I had started rock climbing and hiking and stuff like that, but I really fell in love with the outdoors. Fast forward, I followed that dream all the way into Alaska where I started um, be- becoming a wilderness guide and taking people out in remote areas of Alaska, teaching them about sled dogs, which is what I was at the time, a sled dog tour guide, mm-hmm. and just what it's like to survive in the wilderness, and that's what... Um, through that and then later I became a manager of that company mm. and I had to train people all the time every year so I did that for almost a decade and I had to train new team members manage uh, people who had been around for a while and everything so I, I had to learn how to convey information teach and coach and mentor and do all these things and then fast forward to today I know you do a lot of teaching around uh, WordPress and Lifter LMS what, so you've, you've done in-person teaching and online teaching. What are some of the challenges specific to being an online teacher um, versus an in-person teacher? 
And um, what are some of the challenging aspects of being a teacher just in general? Online, the biggest challenge is the feedback loops aren't as obvious. So mm-hmm. one of the things that, I'm, that makes me lucky as somebody, as an entrepreneur and as a teacher, I learned a lot of these basic skills in a wilderness environment. And when you mess up out there, there's really serious consequences that could literally cost you your life. In the in online business or in a company that is where the consequences of your actions are not directly coming back to bite you or mm-hmm. the or maybe the feedback loop isn't obvious, it becomes a lot harder to tell whether you're, what you're doing is working or not working, or if you just need to keep going, or if you should quit and stop and try something else. So the big challenge in the online world is um, really getting results for your people and, and operating in an environment where you may not, it may not be obvious right away if the teaching is going through effectively and then the application or the applied learning of the teaching is working for the student. And because that's harder to see and harder to tell what's working, that's the big challenge of online education. And how have you handled that challenge or, or what are some interesting, because I know in addition to building your own online courses, you have taken many online courses and reviewed you know, many of our customers' online courses. What are some really good teaching methods that you've seen that, that um, address that challenge that you just mentioned? I think the big thing is just a mindset shift from, we all talk about the information age and the knowledge economy and building an online business around what you know. But the truth is, is information is now a commodity and not very valuable. Mm. What we're in the middle of is what I call the results revolution, where People don't really want information. They don't really want to take courses. They really don't want a monthly recurring fee to your Mm -hmm. membership. What they want is some kind of result or transformation in your life. And if that's what your course offers, whether it's some kind of behavior change or to learn how to do something, acquire a skill or execute a complex process around whatever, you need to... Like when you can map that where people are getting the mini results on the way to the big results, it bec- that feedback loop becomes open. And we can see when we're making progress and not, and not. Progress is not just about students marking lessons as complete. It's about getting results. Mm-hmm. Um, what, um, so like diving into that a little bit more, what qualities do you think you know, make a good teacher in an online course and, and help you get results out of your students? Or maybe just what qualities do you think make a good teacher in general in your experience, you know, as a student when you were younger or just as a student of life? Um, what do you think about, about what qualities make a good teacher? Well, first, I think it's okay. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing. There's lots of different styles of teaching. You know, there is the very... Um, direct, heavy-handed, drill sergeant style of teaching, like mm-hmm. command and control, kind of think, think something like the military. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, there is a very like zen-like teacher who is just there to serve and is almost invisible, but just guides the student to kind of go through the process of discovering the information and applying it. More Which or less is your philosophy? Is it this? I'm guessing it's the second one. <laughs> I'm more on that end of the spectrum, but it's not. That's only one. There's many ways to to do it. 
Uh, but both those styles of leadership and styles of teaching can be in service to results and not just the transfer of information. I'm not saying that the transfer of information is not important, mm-hmm. but um, different teachers have those different styles. And really what it comes down to, and this can help you be a better teacher, can help you become a better marketer, can help you become a better technology implementer, it can help you grow your email list, and it can just help you do anything you really need to do with a course and a membership is when you understand the fundamental question that any student or learner asks, they're asking themselves the question, will it work for me? So if you know that, if um, that's really all you have to deliver on. But if you keep asking, what do we need to know to figure out if it's working? Uh, we need to know if it was understood. Like, did you, did you get the information? Did you apply the information? Did once you applied it, did it work? Are you moving forward? And, you know, then do we need to go through that again with a more complex scenario to, you know, develop that into more of a habit and and a um, subconscious operating system? So really just going from taking the the second step from information to results is, is really key. So the mark of a good teacher these days, especially in the online world, but also in the offline world is has to do with the application and applying the information to see if it's actually working because that's what the student wants you know for example college a lot of people they want to learn around a certain expertise but they also want to get a well-paying job or start a company in this field or whatever that's just as important as getting the information so the teacher of tomorrow just has that complete perspective and they take responsibility for the results, not just the transfer of information. So do you think, in listening to what you said, that a good teacher also needs to sort of be a, a coach as well? Yeah, coaching is a type of the feedback loop. Um, and if, how does that fit all fit in in like an online course sort of world? So a quiz is an example can test, did you get the information? That's what a quiz tests for. Mm -hmm. But what a coach does is, first of all, they they help you figure out like where you're uniquely as an individual blocked and in terms of getting the information, asking the right questions, but also applying what you're learning to reality. So as an example, like I have a background in rock climbing. I could create a course about how to rock climb and show you all the moves with your fingers and like what to do and all these different, you know, safety things and all these different things. But if I was to give that somebody without actually getting out on the rock with them and showing them like having some time applying all this information together, that person taking that course would not be really learning rock climbing they might become Mm -hmm. an expert in the subject Mm -hmm. and kind of become what we would call an armchair enthusiast Mm -hmm. but to really get out there in the field whatever that field is and get personalized help and feedback that's what a coach does a coach helps you apply it it helps you find out where your your holes are like what you're missing Mm -hmm. also knowing that not everybody is the same and Different people have different gaps. Coaches help fill the gaps. Information is more of a blanket that just goes over everything. So how do you break that down and like break that 
fourth wall or third wall, um, like in the online world and make sure that people are able to apply what they're learning to real life experiences. It comes back to a fundamental of teaching or curriculum or instructional design where there is a part about knowledge transfer on the mm-hmm. online world. We call that the content, right? What, what are you saying in the video? What, what's in the worksheet? What's, what's in the audio file? What are we teaching here? But then you, it's about getting your learner taking action. So it's a whole other thing to be like, all right, now that we know this, I'm going to spool up an assignment and I'm going to ask you to execute, execute this, this, and this, and this, these steps, go out and do this. So I'm like guiding you to apply the information. Mm-hmm. And then I might, you know, have you submit like a photo or an essay about like what happened, what was your experience applying that information? Send me a picture of what happened or describe what actually happened when you applied it and try to make it work for you. And by the way, at the end of this week, we're going to have a group coaching call where we talk through any kind of blocks or issues you're having as a group and where you're stuck or what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. And then also once a month, we're going to get together for a private one-on-one session where I can um, do deeper dive on you specifically as an individual. Now that's a high value program. It's no mm-hmm. longer just a video based version of a textbook. It's an immersive, interactive coaching program with the feedback loops open and um, the ability to act on those feedback loops with improvement and coaching. Cool. Um, so let's talk about some courses that you've made um, in the past few years. I think you told me, if I'm remembering correctly, that your um, first course ever was maybe not how to fry an egg, but how to make the perfect omelet. Am I remembering right? right? Okay. I call it the poet omelet method. Perfect (laughs) every time. So, you know, what, what have been, you've made, I don't even know how many courses you've made. Um, So, but you've made a lot of different courses over the years. What are some of your favorite courses that you've made and how have you evolved as a teacher, as an online teacher, since your first um, omelet making course to, Um, your most recent courses? So my first omelet making course was really just to prove that I could do it. And, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things that go into making a course. Like, you know, I'm not an internationally known chef, right? But (laughs) I can, I can still teach somebody how to make a good omelet. So just like doing that and making yourself public about how to do that. And just making all the technology happen. That's what the first course was all about. Um, then later I got into more of the entrepreneur mindset, the publishing mindset where I would partner with, um, experts in an organic gardening and permaculture niche. I would go film their workshops and I was more, I was making the, the, the courses happen, but I was more just a publisher in the way like a book publisher publishes the author's books. Okay. I wasn't the expert myself. And I learned a tremendous amount doing that because I was watching top people in the field perform these workshops. And I was watching how they would, you know, coach and help and take questions and explain, you know, complex subjects to really passionate but beginner audiences. So I learned a lot there. Um, Later in the technology space, uh, I mean, at this point, 
Uh, it's probably somewhere around 20,000 people have in some way seen some of my WordPress tutorial courses. Yeah. Or just, or content parts out of those. Mm-hmm. And that has been really incredible learning experience. I mean, that is, um, you know, and just the questions that come in or where, you know, where, where people get stuck, you know, you just learn a lot. And, and what, what's behind me right now, you may, you're probably listening to this on audio, but if you're watching this on video, you can find this over on the Lifter LMS YouTube channel. I'm literally right here behind me mapping out the journey that course creators go through from the very beginning all the way out to it working and going well mm-hmm. based on all these years of experience doing it myself, working with other people, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. This is what I'm most excited about because um, I just, there's a lot of people that want to make this happen. And there's a lot of like really partial information out there and also good information, but a lack of coaching, mentoring, guidance, social learning component, components and things that can support this journey. Cause this is one of those things similar to the outdoors where it's an expedition. It's not, it's like, um, if you decide you want to write a book or become an author, that's like a big expedition. I would argue that course creation is like that, but at a whole other level. It's mm-hmm. a big commitment in terms of time, money, um, and just your creative energy, life force, and focus. So this is what I'm most excited about now is helping solve this problem for course creators specifically. So you're working on a course to teach people how to make courses? Basically, is that, yeah. Is that your current project? Do you have any other courses um, that are in the works? I know you usually are doing multiple projects at, at the same time. Not, not right now. I mean, for me, um, I am a course creator, but like many other course creators, it's a side hustle. Most right. of the time, <laughs> I am a, uh, you know, a software company founder, mm-hmm. and a marketer, CEO. So I have, just like a lot of people, which is I think good is because I can relate. I'm having to create all this like in a very small wedge of time. Yeah. And that's, what's really important to teachers out there that want to do these types of things is um, it's like having a baby. There's never going to be a perfect time and your schedule. So you don't want to waste time and you don't want to just end up down some rabbit hole that prevents the process from happening. So I'm just super committed to helping people get unstuck because we see people at Lifter that, you know, where they try or it doesn't work out or they get totally sidetracked or they get some bad advice. And um, I just want to just kind of map the process in a proven way and experiment on myself and with other people to show how it works. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. How long do you think it will take you to, to complete that course? It's a great question um, because it's not even going to take me that long to complete. What what I believe is that the the course launch is not the finish line; it's the starting line. Mm-hmm. So the main thing for me in terms of completing the first iteration of coming up with the core offer, the core methodology, I will not create all this content before going live. I will create the methodology make sure that's rock solid, test it on myself. And then I will bring a small group of people through the process in a more live way. That'll be the first version of it. 
Uh-huh. And to do that as a side hustle for me, like uh, maybe all in all, that's a couple months worth of work to prepare for. It's like, a, what's the formula we talk about with Thomas? You make an estimate, then you double it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or triple it. Um, this is this is a, also, I just want to add a more, this is harder because making omelets is like very, right. <laughs> it's more of simple, but this is more of what we would call like a signature course. So of it's, course, um, yeah. it's just more in depth, which makes it more challenging. Not all courses are the same in terms of complexity of what's required. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, have you read any great books about teaching um, or, or even course creation that you would recommend to our audience if they're thinking about going into this field that they might want to um, check out as good resources? Yeah, I really liked um, Julie Dirksen's book. I'll just pull off a little note from her, uh, her book. The book is called Design for How People Learn. Uh-huh. She talks about a lot about how to teach effectively. And she talks about the different gaps that people have between what, where they want to, what to get where they want to go, which is really the function of learning. Knowledge is one of those or information, but there's also procedures, skills, habits, motivation, and environment. And I just think that one idea alone from her book is really powerful. So if we're going to help people make better omelets or build online education companies or you know, become a more, a less stressed out, healthy parent, whatever it is, mm-hmm. people don't just need knowledge. They need to know certain types of procedures to do in certain situations. They need to develop certain skills. They need to create habits to reinforce the, whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. They need to stay motivated and they need to actually change their environment. Like I'm talking to you now from my home office that I've literally designed from scratch to contribute to my efficiency and productivity. Right. And environment design is just as important as knowledge. She could have made a class on, on building a home office during that process. Cause it was so interesting to see just from an outside <laughs> perspective. That's a, that's a whole nother topic, but yeah. I have. I, I did think about that and I could still do that. I, I did actually catalog it pretty good with photography so that if okay. I ever did want to come back and make a course about it, that I had the raw materials. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be interesting. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, so like, let's to close it out, let's pull it back a little bit and look at the, um, like the big picture about teachers because I think teachers, teachers are so important you know, to our society. I've worked with many teachers. I've seen amazing teachers that I've had. My kids have had great teachers. Um, when you were a student, what were your favorite experiences as a student? And, and how do you think that that has impacted your life as, as an adult? And do you have any memories of a favorite teacher from your early education or your uh, you know, secondary education that shaped your life in any kind of positive way? Yeah. Um... So I had a really good second grade teacher. Um, her name was Miss Yoakum, I believe. Uh-huh. But she she just let me kind of be myself, uh, yeah. and she was she just encouraged creativity. Whereas I've had other teachers who um, they were pretty rigid. Maybe they were more of that drill sergeant type, and it's like. This is how we do it. There's it's not in for interpretation. Stay in your seat. Be quiet. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that was a good one um i uh like if we go back to that national outdoor leadership school that i had uh, a lot of great you know outdoor instructors you know i was super passionate still am about the outdoor for conservation for recreation and just fun and so when you really find your tribe of people and you meet leaders in that space whatever it is for me that had to do with outdoor leadership and recreation and conservation mm-hmm. it's like it's amazing and the results when you combine there's this concept of teaching of where you have extrinsic or intrinsic motivation extrinsic means i have to take this thing intrinsic mm-hmm. means i'm here because i want to be here and it's totally different so my big thing with teachers is when you're working from a place of the student is motivated, not that they just have to be there, there's so much more you can do and it's so much more fun for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, those those are a couple people and situations in my life where I had really great teachers. And I also would say that the job description of teachers are expanding. So the word teacher, coach, mentor, manager, even like parent or friend, like we're all teaching, learning is a part of being human. And even the way our brains are designed with, you know, the mirror neurons behaviors and the way like babies copy, copy each other and everything. Learning is literally everywhere. It's one of the things that make us, it's like one of the top five things that makes us human. Right. <laughs> so it's just a very important part of um, society in general. And it takes many forms, it both, you know, in our traditional um, institutions but also just in regular everyday life do you think that like society as a whole um or maybe this maybe not global society maybe just like society in the united states um honors and appreciates teachers enough or do you think there are some societies where teachers are appreciated more than others or yeah that's a good question I think that's a really big question. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's a, I mean, there's, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that. I was just curious about your opinion. I think the, um, one of the things I love where, you know, there's lots of like uh, research and history done on power dynamics. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite situations in, in admiring a teacher is when, the student outshines the master. That's a big no-no in power dynamics. And like, for example, like corporate politics or social engineering, if you're trying to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. But what you'll inevitably notice in like the very best teachers and coaches, they couldn't be more thrilled than when the student outshines the master. And sure, maybe they take an ego hit or you know, at first it, it, maybe it's uncomfortable for the teacher, mm-hmm. but I think that's a really, really special thing. Um, yeah. but as a society as a whole, um, what people, I, to c- take it back to like results and what's working, mm-hmm. it really depends on the context of where the education is happening and what the incentives are and what the politics are behind it as to whether that teacher is, you know, rewarded or not. And just to give a really specific example, if I'm in a, a manager in a company and that company is, let's say, in 
some kind of financial space. And I literally, the, the amount of my bonus is related to how effective the people that I'm managing are at executing their job, which is making money or trading or something like that. Those people are rewarded handsomely. Like, uh-huh. cause it's all like incentivized around the money. The issue where it breaks down is that as a society, um, you know, not everybody values the same things. So right. if we're looking at, um, like I, pr- I have a liberal arts education traditionally, which mm-hmm. is harder to, to um, trace the um, effectiveness of that to me getting a job and building a career for myself. However, that liberal arts time, all that time spent in anthropology, social science, traveling to third world countries, figuring out how people work has been the most important thing that makes me an effective marketing or salesperson. Mm. But, you know, not everybody who decides how liberal arts teachers or the, the teachers that teach the student before they even get to higher education um, get paid value the same things. So right. it's, it's, a, it's a complicated melu. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, it just really depends. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about your experience teaching and, and with teachers. Um, you know, as I mentioned, if you're listening to this between May 6th and May 10th, we're um, honoring teachers and have some special some special stuff going on around Teacher Appreciation Week, and you can um, head on over to our blog to read about it. But that's all my questions for you today, Chris. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Allie. Yeah, thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.